0: clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just 225 Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blueland products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh. Fresh and clean Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to dot slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Listeners. dot co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just ninety nine dollars for your first month and one hundred and forty five dollars after that. Medication costs are separate. That's RO dot co slash clink. Hi and welcome to Housewives of True
1: Crime. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome.
0: Welcome.
1: Housewives of true crime.
0: That's right. In the house. In the the house. Spooky, (laughs) spooky season.
1: One week away from Halloween.
0: I'm actually getting kind of sad. I'm going to have to take my decorations down. (laughs) I've not fully even got them up yet. So
1: Gretchen sent me this really cool witch. Because I knew you would want it. And I was like, we just got it, but we have not taken it out of the box. Oh, Lord. So I don't know. It might be one of those that you save till next year.
0: You know what I was thinking about? So, you know, I know all the neighbors and I'm nosy, but the people next door are a bit of a mystery to me. Besides that they don't take their trash cans in on time. It doesn't really bother me, but it really gets under my husband's skin and they park on the wrong side of the street.
1: Oh, that's weird. Are they the, the Germans? Nope.
0: Not the Germans. Nope, On the other side. So. The cat person.
1: The one that left. There's the, been
0: like, it's a rental. There's been like three different people that have lived oh, there, okay. but they've lived there for like less than less than a year. I never see them. All the rest of us. We have a lot of Halloween decorations going on up in here. Even the Germans have a lot of Halloween decorations. Oh, up. And I do know these people have little kids. Not one single decoration.
1: And they must shop at Hobby Lobby because they also don't have Halloween decorations. That's right. I know that. So I'm thinking maybe yeah.
0: it's like a religious thing. And, yeah, maybe. and then my husband was maybe. telling me that his, I don't even know that the children really exist because I haven't seen them, but my husband has. And he told me that the kid asked him if he was going to church because it was Sunday. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's that. He's like, no, I'm going to watch football. Hello. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. I, my son had a um, pumpkin decorating thing for his library and they had to decorate a pumpkin like a storybook character. So he naturally picks a boy thing, which is from a storybook called aliens love underpants. Cute. It's really cute. There's also, I think dinosaurs love underpants, but whatever. So he does the alien and I am really busy. So I said to my husband, I said, when you pick Colton up. Can you take him to Target and get some tidy whitey underwears? Cause you need like the little, like to fit on the little pumpkin butt,
0: right? Like the little cute ones that have like superheroes or something.
1: That's right. Yeah. He took the tidy whitey to like literally and bought male, like 34 inch waist male. Underwear. No, you
0: cannot send your child home. to school with men's underwear. That's perverted. <laughs>
1: no, when I got home, the the pumpkin was wearing them and, I, and it's like long hanging down. I was no, like, no, oh my no, God, no, no, no. this is so not, not okay. So anyways, I will post on our story or something on Instagram, the before the husband version versus my version. Oh my See what God. you guys like better. But I had to run to target. Like, nine o'clock last night trying to get the right underwear that was appropriate for the pumpkin.
0: You know, what would, what would these children do without us this morning? So I had a rough night last night. Didn't get a lot of sleep was not doing well. Anywho. Uh, I asked my husband to make me coffee because he was for once awake before me just so I could like get out of bed. And he was nice. He was like, you want me to, you know, take the kids to school or whatever. I was like, no, I'll be, I'll be okay. So he starts telling the children, I'm going to make you waffles. I'm like, we do not have waffles before school with the gallon of syrup. And it is like 90 degrees here right now. And our loss of like blood sugar, we have protein. Waffles are for the weekend. (laughs) I'm not trying to do that to their teachers.
1: I make my kids pancakes like every single morning. <sighs> but I use the Kodiak pancakes. They have Yeah, the, well, that's
0: good. the protein pancakes. Listen, my you know, my son thinks he's like Buddy the fucking elf and so he drinks like a whole gallon of like syrup with like every <laughs> waffle. So it is like a different ball game with us. But I, I mean, I really, I'm probably going to have to apologize because I really snapped at my husband. Like you are just, you did. I was like, you were just good for nothing. Oh my God. I wasn't feeling was... well. Oh I didn't goodness. get any sleep.
1: I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And he's making breakfast
0: and offered well, to no, take did kids didn't. and he was made like, you coffee. He was like, fine. Left.
1: Yeah. That's probably what I would have done too. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what I would have done too. Yeah.
0: Listen i went to the store i got good groceries i'll make him a nice dinner tonight he'll get over all right
1: okay he does he does forgive you with food thank
0: the lord if you guys
1: i want to just do some fast um
0: shameless plug business yeah okay yes
1: because i always say it at the end but let's just say it in the beginning you guys we need we have a troll And so we need you guys to go, if you haven't, on Apple or Spotify and give us a good review to combat this crazy person that is obsessed with us in a negative way. Um, Also, if you want to follow us on Instagram, that'd be awesome. Uh, We are trying to figure out this TikTok thing. I think we're doing okay. We are, you know, moms and in our barely 40s.
0: And it takes us a while to figure stuff out. But we're like, you guys have no idea. We're so pleased when we do.
1: Oh, my God. And then I'm sure the um, younger generation is like, look at these idiots. Yeah. But I'm like, did you see that effect? That
0: was awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just adding a little music is a is challenge. So follow us on TikTok if you can. If you guys are on there, we appreciate it. And we also, you know, have this new Apple subscription and we are still on Patreon.com forward slash Housewives of True Crime, which is basically the same as the Apple subscription. If you listen to us on Apple and Gretchy has a really good case this week. She's staying in the spooky theme. I'm well, sure it's
0: not really spooky, but it did oh. happen on Halloween. That's why I did it
1: oh okay so mine next week also happens on halloween
0: oh that's great and
1: it's on halloween
0: and we're going to record that in costume
1: yes and you'll be able to see it if you're a patreon member i didn't tell me she was videotaping
0: this one and so she yeah, looks you look cute. she looks real good and i don't it's,
1: it's okay. not you know they're just gonna take clips anyways let's get to it let's get to it
0: Today's case is one, like I was just saying, that happened on Halloween in Columbia, Missouri back in 2001. I remember a couple of Halloweens in my early 20s, but not specifically 2001. I was
1: 21.
0: Were you 21?
1: Uh Uh-huh. In in 2001, 21 years old.
0: Okay. So was that the Halloween that we all dressed up crazy? You wore that red wig? Or it was like hot pink. Oh,
1: it might have been. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was because it was the first year I could legally go to the bars without the fake ID that I never really had. I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah. I'm going to dig those pictures out.
1: Okay. Okay. Please.
0: Okay. Well, Halloween in Columbia is happening because it's a big college town. They have the University of Missouri and of course, Columbia University. I I love a college town vibe.
1: I love it.
0: Yeah, I love it. Just Mm -hmm. gives me, like, renewed energy. And Columbia seems like a nice place to live. You can buy a swell home there for under $200,000. Columbia had been the home of Kent Heitholt for the past five years. He worked at the Columbia Tribune as the sports editor. Kent was a big guy, 300 pounds, 6'5". He was gentle giant. He kept cat food in his car to feed the stray cats that hung around the newspaper building. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Yeah. Kent was great at his job largely because he was so passionate about sports, both equally men's and women's. Oh, my God. Okay, So a girl at the local Laguna Beach High School, which is close to me. Did you see this in the news? No. Okay, It's all over the news here. She is the first girl, at least in the state of California, to make two touchdowns during a football game. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. Right. You know, Colton
1: has a little girl on her uh, on his um, tackle football team.
0: Well, let me tell you what pissed me right off about this. So I'm like, I mean, I considered sharing the story, which I don't do that participate in that much Facebook activity on my personal page. But I just thought it was so awesome. I read the comments to this article. Everyone is hating on her. They're like, oh, that's not going to last long. She's going to get so hurt. And what parent girls' parents would let them play football? And I want want all these people to suck it. Obviously, she's pretty tough if she's gotten good enough to make two touchdowns in a game at this point. So mind your beeswax. Be happy for her. Anyways, okay, rant over. Okay, so Kent was also known for giving young writers uh, opportunities and just being an all-around nice guy that his coworkers liked and respected. He was adored by his wife. They had met back in 1975 in college, and they were now raising two young children. On Halloween night 2001, Kent worked real late which was typical for him and, I think, for newspaper reporters in general. It was around 2 a.m., and Kent headed out to his car and said goodnight to a co-worker in the parking lot. Moments later, Kent was found bludgeoned and strangled to death by two janitors also working late. They were alerted by two young men who were walking by, and one casually said, Looks like someone is hurt. When police arrived on the scene, janitor Shauna described this person that had told her someone was hurt as tall, skinny, with light hair, and was even able to give a composite sketch of the suspect. The other janitor, Jerry, said he did not get a good enough look at either of the two men to give a description. The evidence left at the crime scene included hairs found in Kent's hand and bloody shoe and fingerprints by and on his vehicle. So this was a big local story at the time, for one, because he's an employee at the newspaper, you know, so that's who reports it. Yeah, right. And it happened at work. And also because no one could wrap their head around who would want to kill Kent. And so violently, they didn't even take his wallet. And not to mention, I told you what a big guy Kent was which you would think would make him a pretty unlikely target, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was a mystery. And police only had Shauna's description, which may or may not have even been the assailant. You know, it was just who told her someone was hurt. So they had no leads to pursue without someone coming forward. Nobody did. On the two-year anniversary of Kent's death, the paper ran a tribute story about Kent. The article was seen by a young man named Chuck Erickson, who was now 19. After he saw it, he began having dreams that he was responsible for murdering Kent. He started telling people about these dreams, and those people started talking to people because that's disturbing, right? Well, one of those people thought it was So much so that he called the police and left an anonymous tip, which is the right thing to do, I think. But what those people I am speculating didn't know was that Chuck had been abusing drugs since he was 14, and his parents had had concerns for a while about his mental health and had had him psych-evaluated by the university hospital, who had diagnosed Chuck with impaired visual and verbal memory. So I mean basically if you're looking for clarity, you know, Chuck Chuck is not your best bet. Right. So he wasn't the best interview for police when they followed up with him. They questioned him about these dreams he's been having and had been compelled to randomly talk about. Chuck says he just felt like he was in some way involved but he doesn't remember. But the detectives tell him actually we think you do, and we think this is how it went. It's clear in the interview that Chuck has no idea what or how Kent was strangled. He's like, "I don't know, maybe a shirt or a bungee cord." And you know, it wasn't public knowledge. And what happened was Kent was actually strangled to death with his own belt. Mm-hmm. And the police told Chuck that. and then, They turned around and told him that he knows things that no one else knows. And so spill it because you're already going down. Right. It's pretty textbook false confession. They spoon feed him details about the case and then intimidate him into agreeing. He's responsible. Yeah. For how it happened. Yeah. They even threatened him with the death penalty.
1: Well, that'll do it for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. So... Someone else was serious collateral damage in all of this mess. Chuck's friend, Ryan. I will play you some of the interview, but before I do, you just need to know that in the process of coercing Chuck's confession, the police need there to be two assailants to match the witness statements, right? Both those janitors saw two people. So, when they ask Chuck who he was with that night, Chuck tells them about his friend Ryan. And then they tell him, We talked to Ryan, and he is throwing your ass under the bus. Also, know that when the officer raises his voice to Chuck, he also scoots his chair as close as he can to him and is just like right in his face. Okay, I'm going to play it now. Well, no, bad.
2: Was specifically said she to that way out. I mean, no, no, you explained. I'm not. going I mean, go you understand? Like, I wouldn't be here. if I didn't feel guilty about it, but it's just I don't. I can't recollect, I and mean, it's just a trip for me to have to sit here and try to look at something that happened that I've read about and try to base well, me, what I remember off of that. You know, it's but it's a mindfuck. Let, let's you know? let's just stop right here. Okay. Now, <clears throat> one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to sit here and listen to this kind of gibberish, okay? That's not... I'm not going to waste my time. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, now listen. it's my I'm going to start talking, and you're going to start listening, okay? All right. I'm going to be point blank with you, pal. Right now, your hind end is the one that's hanging over the edge, and Ryan could care less about it. Okay? Do you understand me? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, you better start thinking very clearly okay. because it's you that is on this chopping block. Okay. Am I clear to you? Yes. Now, do we need to go by or go back and go through this step by step? No. I think we do, and that's what we're going to do. And I don't wanna hear Oh all of a sudden I just think I'm refabricated all this and uh Well wow. No. What I wanna hear is exactly what Ryan told you because that's what's gonna keep you in a position to where you're not gonna be the sole individual out here responsible for what happened to Kent. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I can't be any more clear mm-hmm. to you than that. I understand. And you need okay. to understand it. Okay. We're going to start back at the club.
0: Like this part.
2: Whose idea was it to go get money because you wanted drinks, you wanted dope, whatever you want? I wanted to go home. That was Ryan's idea. Ryan's idea. And best of my knowledge, yes. I don't want to even hear whose idea, or best of my knowledge, whose idea was it? That was Ryan's idea. Ryan's idea. And what did he take?
0: OK, so that last part where he's like, I don't even want to hear to the best of my knowledge. Say it again. Say it was right that. I mean, that is like the part that just like really kills me. Well,
1: basically, he's saying you better say exactly what we told you earlier yeah. happened. And nothing more.
0: Yeah. So he was 17 at the time. He's 19 now. You know, like okay. he's still like a young kid. Yeah. 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 Apparently his family was also in law enforcement too, and so he just thought you just trust law enforcement, you know?
1: Which well, it sounds to me like they're saying the only thing you can do at this point is trust us, which it's like I can already I already know where this is going. Right. Um and I just I also it like is so infuriating to me because I feel like the cop knows that it's not him but they need to convict somebody.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean it's worth noting that, you know, none of the physical evidence at the crime scene, like they have fingerprints, they have shoe prints, they have hair and nothing is none of it at this matches guy. Chuck or Ryan. So
1: why are they so hellbent on getting them? Cuz it's easy cuz it's
0: easy. Yeah. Man. So additionally, Chuck told the officers details that specifically didn't match the crime scene, like he vomited at the scene. There was no vomit found. Not and happening. he said Kent was hit only once with a tire iron. There was no evidence that Kent was a tire iron was used on Kent. And he was hit 12 times, not once. So, I mean, it's really astounding that the officers were not concerned about how oblivious Chuck was to the sequence of events or that none of the physical evidence matched up. That And they knew that at the time or that if they even considered that he was mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. Like, why did they ask him? Right. He keeps saying, you know, he's not sure if it was a dream. I mean, he's obviously... A troubled young man. And when you watch the hours of the interview, you can sense that. So they had to have sensed that. They just didn't care. I'm talking about Rakuten. Have you checked it out? Because I recommend you do. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores that I know I shop online at like Zappos, Sephora, and Best Buy. We are all already online shopping at our favorite stores, so why not be saving while doing it? It's a no-brainer. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. How it works is the stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You get paid via check or PayPal quarterly. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app and start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert bill portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. So friend Ryan was brought in for questioning. Ryan was away in college now, but he remembered Halloween two years prior with Chuck. He said that his sister snuck him and Chuck into a bar that night, which aligns with Chuck's story. He said the bar closed around 1 and they kicked everyone out and he drove himself and Chuck home. Ryan says he remembers that clearly, that he had a few drinks, but he did not feel intoxicated. When he was interrogated, he never wavered from being 100% innocent. Chuck was coaxed by officers to say that they went to Ryan's car to get something to rob someone for more money for drinks. And so they got, you know, the tire iron and then went to the Tribune building and murdered Kent and then went back to the bar and stayed from 2.30 to 4.30 a.m. Well, my first thought was, well, that's easy to verify. I mean, I've been in plenty of bars, the lights go on at one 30, everybody gets kicked out, you know?
1: Yeah. I was wondering, is this a state that has long bar lines? No. Okay. So I mean, oh, or, or like, you know, like Vegas, I think it doesn't close.
0: The law in Columbus, Missouri is that alcohol is served from 6 AM to one 30 every day and midnight on Sundays. So it's okay, not, li- so- it's not likely that they broke the law. And Kicked everybody out and then opened up again from 2 30 to 4 30 to let these two guys in. Yeah. And local police would have known that. Right. Right. But they just overlooked the facts because they were intent on manipulating the timeline to match Kent leaving work after 2 a.m. and being murdered shortly after. So Chuck and Ryan were both arrested and charged for murder and prosecuted by Mr. Kevin Crane. Kevin Crane has as much integrity as the interrogating officer. So that should tell you how the trial went. He did Brian and Chuck real dirty. He further manipulated the evidence. Examples of this are he withheld a sworn affidavit that the bar closed at 115 that night. Oh my gosh. And a pa- and that would I mean exonerate them. Yeah. yeah. And a patron saw Ryan and Chuck leave in Ryan's car. Now, that Chuck's story is that they never got in the car until after 4.30. Ryan's defense team never knew about any of this evidence. And Ryan's family's position at the time was they thought they hired top lawyers. So they just, that's all, you know. Yeah. That's all Whoa. the best they thought they could do how can the
1: what can the lawyer do like you are by law they're supposed to give all
0: the evidence well i think it would have been easy enough even if he didn't have those witnesses for the lawyer to show some verification sure. that the bar closed that's not hard to prove yes,
1: or actually yeah or actually go to the bar themselves and try to figure out if they actually closed their doors and locked them and when everybody went
0: in. right yeah yeah so and call
1: the bar owner to the stand to testify that nobody was in the bar after one fifteen
0: absolutely. All of that. right. Yeah. And there is also public record that this bar has never been, you know, cited for staying open past, you know, the legal time that they are mm-hmm. supposed to. So they could have used all that. Okay. so Ryan's attorney really dropped the ball. The janitor that witnessed a young man that night, That she described as taller than Ryan, Wayne Moore testified about the course of events, but was never asked by the prosecution or the defense if the person she got a clear look at was Ryan or Chuck. You know how they always say, Can you point to that person in the classroom or in the courtroom? No, they never did that. And by the way, she says she told the prosecutor it wasn't either one of them.
1: They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is what I don't like about attorneys. It's like they don't care about the person. They care about the win.
0: Right. Yeah. So then there was the other janitor who did not get a look at either assailant. Well, it turns out now, since he's been in jail for the last couple of years, you know, well, it took a while to go to trial. He's been in jail for being a sex offender and his memory has gotten clearer. And Mm -hmm. he recalls seeing Ryan.
1: Right. Because he needs some sort of out of jail free card. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He said his wife sent him a newspaper article about the case and he came forward when he saw the pictures of Ryan and Chuck in the paper.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then the nail in the coffin Ryan was Chuck. Because, of course, Kevin Crane had told him whoever pleads first is getting a better deal in exchange for testifying against the other. Right. So Chuck pled guilty in exchange for 25 years with the possibility of parole.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. And now Chuck had been he had been like pretty all over the place. During his police interviews, you know, he's like all scattered or whatever. Well, now he's like well-versed in exactly how Ryan stood over a man twice his size and strangled him with his own belt, like detail by detail. On behalf of Ryan, he testified for himself, his sister testified, and a classmate that Chuck said that they ran into that night at a stoplight after 2 a.m., testified that that didn't happen. He wasn't in the area or out that night, and he didn't even have a license or a car to drive at the time, even if he was. And Chuck said he saw him driving. But it wasn't enough to discredit Chuck in the jury's eyes. Some of those jurors have spoken out now, and they say they just couldn't get past. Why would Chuck say he did it If he didn't do it, he must have
1: Listen, This is why I this is where I have a very hard time with our jury system because they just agree that if you are brought in for a crime, especially murder, that you must be guilty, right? Like, the police wouldn't bring you in if you weren't guilty, if they didn't have enough evidence against you. If you were not the right guy, you're not being brought in, you know?
0: Right. It is I mean, really I, tough, though, when there are eyewitnesses. Yeah. Even, I mean, it... It It, c- it is. Convoluted and, them, yeah. And I think
1: it is also tough when somebody has admitted to the crime. Yeah, of course. Right? So, yes, it's tough. But it's also like, I think if you had professional jurors, this this is my opinion, that they would see clearly into how people act, you know?
0: Right. Well, these jurors deliberated only five hours and then found Ryan guilty.
1: They found Ryan guilty when they walked into the courtroom. Right.
0: Okay, so that's a drag. But now I get to tell you the part of the story that is inspiring and restores my faith in humanity and.
1: Oh, good. I love these stories. Yeah.
0: Right. I could. I need it this week. So you can imagine how difficult this was for Ryan's family. His parents were divorced, but united in supporting Ryan. They thought like you do. Well, he's innocent. It's it's so obvious So we'll hire the best lawyers we can and have faith in the system. But it all failed them. When that guilty verdict was read, Ryan's dad knew if he wanted to see his son free, he had to move mountains himself to make it happen. And so that's what he did. He started going to the crime scene nightly. He discovered things like the stoplight blinks yellow at exactly 1 a.m. every night. So it really was impossible for Chuck to have seen that classmate stopped at the light and, you know, have talked to him because you you can't stop there, right? He found the bouncer that... Oh, like after
1: it doesn't go to red anymore. Right. It's just blinking yellow. It just blinks yellow
0: every night. Yeah. Okay. So the dad found the bouncer that worked at that night at the bar who swore that the bar closed at 1.15 and did not reopen, and additional patrons who corroborated that as well. He found the janitor who said she got a good look at the assailant, and she told him that she had told the prosecutor before the trial it wasn't Chuck or Ryan. That's why they never asked her to point him out in court. Oh, my God. He also found the wife of the other janitor who said she never sent her husband a article about the case. Oh, my God. The guy in prison. Yeah. It turns out under the circumstances where Jerry was locked up, he actually had no way of seeing the photos of Chuck and Ryan. Turns out the whole newspaper thing was the prosecutor's idea. He visited Jerry in jail. And got him released early. He is a corrupt man. Yeah. In exchange for his jogged memory by the newspaper story. Okay. So Ryan's dad took all of this information to new attorneys and went into Ryan's appeal hearing with high hopes. But his appeal was denied. The Dude, the, always. It always is. Yeah. The judge said the witnesses had no credibility. So all hope was not lost because Ryan was able to appeal again. Ryan's case started to gain more than just local attention at this point. Ryan's sister had started a Facebook page and it gathered um, supporters. And 48 hours covered the case. And someone was watching. That episode that we have talked about before, my lady boss, HBIC crush. Oh yes, the one and only Kathleen Zellner. If
1: so, did Kathleen take on this case? Mm -hmm.
0: If you're not familiar, she's credited with the most overturned conviction cases. According to Kathleen, she when she watched that episode of 48 Hours, she wrote down Ryan's name. And told her husband at the time, if that family contacts me, I'm going to take his case pro bono. Well, Ryan's dad sent her an email one late night. And the next morning, she called him up and said, the next week, I'll be down. And I'll walk the crime scene with you and meet with Ryan. So now Ryan's got Kathleen on his side, which is ideal, Mm -hmm. But when the tide really began to turn was when he received a letter from Chuck in prison that said, next time your attorney's in town, have her contact me. Well, Kathleen wasted no time going to go see Chuck, and she had the whole conversation videotaped. At that meeting, Chuck read a prepared statement. He said things happened differently than he previously stated and that he committed the act alone. He said Ryan actually tried to stop him. He regrets putting an innocent man in prison. So, I mean, it was like it's well, it's good he's taking responsibility, but he still puts Ryan at the scene even and him uh, you know, it just it doesn't it still he doesn't has, make any had, sense, you know, yeah. right? So, Kathleen starts just sending him information in prison. Like all the affidavits that, you know, had been withheld, that proved that him and Ryan both were not there. She knew he was confused and had been continuously lied to and thought that there were witnesses that put him at the scene. And that's why he testified the way he had and why he still was not accurate about, you know, the night. Yeah. But she needed him to put the pieces together himself, you know, and figure out that he had been duped. And, you know, she's honest. Right. Right. So she just she just sends him evidence. So Ryan was granted a habeas trial to overturn his conviction because now Chuck has recanted his testimony, you know. And Chuck testified that he did not remember what happened, that he was in a blackout state due to cocaine, Adderall, and alcohol. He says he sold his soul to save himself, and he did the wrong thing at the time. And, you know, he explained how he was manipulated by Kevin Crane. And this was a really big deal that he was doing this because he was up for parole, and he was jeopardizing that for himself because he was now admitting to committing perjury, which was not going to look good for him, Mm -hmm. right? So next, they had the janitor, Jerry, testify because he was the other person that put Ryan at the scene. The speculation is that he knew if he didn't testify to the truth, they would call his wife to the stand. And he knew that she's going to say that he was lying about her sending the article. Right. Okay. So he he said. Yeah. So he got up there and now Kathleen questions him on the stand and he spills it that he was intimidated by Kevin Crane into going along with a false narrative designed by Kevin himself. He broke down in tears when asked if it was true or false that he saw Ryan in the parking lot. You know, and he just said false. Right. Then Kathleen called Kevin Crane himself to the stand. Oh, no way. That's amazing. Oh, God. Okay. Kevin was now no longer a prosecutor. He's a freaking judge. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So Kathleen did what, you know, she be doing. She calmly and eloquently chewed his ass up and spit it out. Right. (laughs) You know
1: so now she did she play those recordings and
0: be like what the f is this <laughs> no she never does she no. just lays out the evidence yeah. so you hear it and don't get caught up in the emotion you know she just okay has a way of laying it out okay so now there is nothing there's no eyewitness there's no physical evidence there's nothing tying ryan to the scene you know slam dunk yeah right but the judge did not rule in Ryan's favor Stop again. It. Yeah.
1: Because he can't rule against another judge or what? Like what? They is, just, they, what do, do, is it? They
0: don't, they don't want to um, um, overturn convictions and they, yeah, don't want to grant don't a don't new trial. they don't want to say
1: that they're wrong. Right. And they are wrong. And so it's okay when you are wrong. You can say, I mean, don't we try to teach our children this? Like, yes. What happened to these grown adults? Like when you're wrong, we say, OK, we are wrong. You know why? Because I bet you they have to pay some like absorbent fee for wrongful conviction or something. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, they know it's that good, either. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this could all be avoided if they were just honest from the beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. OK. Well, Ryan's dad has this amazing quality that more people in the world need, I think. You know, you would think at this point he would just be mad as hell, but he gets mad and gets focused and just does not give up. I mean, the man is like, it's so endearing to see he turned his whole Whole life into getting Ryan freedom. You know, his whole house is like he has every police report, every everything memorized, you know? Mm -hmm. So after that, you know, habeas trial and the conviction wasn't overturned, he had a billboard put up in town two days later that had the composite sketch of the killer. And, you know, reward for any info leading to the killer of Kent Heithold, you know, free Ryan Ferguson. They
1: had hair and they had fingerprints.
0: Yeah. His dad started a YouTube channel to get information out about Ryan's case. Mm -hmm. People started posting from all over on the Facebook group that his sister had started their support. And over 100,000 people signed a petition. Ryan's dad had his car wrapped to say, free Ryan Ferguson. And he would give people T-shirts in exchange for them posting about Ryan's case. He, like, he did not take a break. He learned that now Judge Kevin Crane was speaking at the university's university's commencement speech. So he had a plane fly over it that said, free Ryan Ferguson. I mean, that's awesome. I just think it's so incredible that he spent every ounce of energy and scent he had on freeing his son. You know, we should all be so yeah. lucky to have someone like that in our corner, if God forbid all anything right. like this ever happened to us. So, the next legal step in the fight for Ryan was to appeal the last judge's decision with an oral argument. So, by now it's 2013. And Ryan has been imprisoned for 10 years and the world was watching Kathleen make her argument. And two long months later, they ruled to overturn his conviction and he was released that day.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. He walked out of prison with Kathleen on November 5th and his parents Um, Kathleen went on to represent Ryan in his civil lawsuit, and he was awarded $11 million. Good. Yeah. He went on to write a book about healthy living and made a documentary with his father about his case called Dream Killer. He has been in a relationship with a disco biscuit named uh, Mina, or maybe it's Mika Kane, for the last few years. Oh, same last name. Yeah, he's had a couple of uh, real cute girlfriends over the years. Is he cute? Yeah, he is cute. Tab, he competed on The Amazing Race oh. with his friend Dusty in 2020. I'm going to look this
1: guy up. Yeah.
0: What's his name? Ryan. Ryan Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. He continues to be an advocate for the wrongly convicted. He has a podcast about it called Prison oh. Counts. He talks a lot about prison, like what is what is reality versus like what you see on TV. Um, It's great. I recommend. One of his guests was Russ Faria from the Pam Hub case. Remember? Yeah,
1: you know he's right up my alley. This guy.
0: Yeah, I I knew he was your type. Uh huh. Um, Ryan's dad now works as a consultant on wrongful conviction cases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Before that, he was in real estate. Um, as for Chuck, ma- Yes, let's hear about Chuck. Many people still have a really hard time understanding his point of view and they blame him for Ryan's imprisonment because I mean, you could see Ryan is like so lovable. But Ryan is not one of those people that blame Chuck. Um he Ryan has a lot of uh empathy for him and the situation that he was put in. And Uh, Chuck is currently scheduled to be released on parole in January of 2023. So coming right up. Yeah, so coming right up. So, I mean, the unending, heartbreaking part of all of this is that, of course, there's no justice for Kent Heidhold.
1: No, there's not. Yeah. At all. Um, And let me ask you, because we know it wasn't Chuck either, because Ryan was with Chuck. Yeah. And so Ryan's like, it wasn't him, even though he's saying it's still him.
0: He's not saying it's still him at this point. Oh,
1: he's not.
0: When he went and testified at the um, the last conviction hearing, he then said like the truth. He said, I this is what happened. We went out, blah, blah, blah. This is what I remember. And I just don't. He basically was like the rest of the night is blackout. In cross examination of him, they really like gave it to him and were like, You you know, you don't, didn't it come back to you? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like anyone who's ever like blacked out talking to all you drunks out there, no, it doesn't fucking <laughs> come back. Like you black actually, out. It's like it's gone.
1: Actually, it doesn't, uh, at all. Yeah. I mean, I I have had a few unfortunate nights of that happening and I I can think of one in college when I, I mean, I don't have any recollection of getting from point A to point B. Thank God my friend Casey was with me and got me safely somewhere, but there is nothing in that brain.
0: Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't recommend. Probably, yeah, keep don't it. Don't recommend doing keep that. Keep it. Yeah. Uh, um, mellow. But, you know, you know, it's like that.
1: I feel like a lot of college kids probably do that.
0: Well, yeah. And those interrogating officers should have believed him when he told them that he really didn't remember. Right. Right. I mean, since there was nothing to actually link him to the crime.
1: Oh, my God. So crazy. Yeah.
0: OK, so I wanted to know what Kent Hidehold's family thought of the convictions and how they've managed life without Ken. Yeah. I, I want to know
1: too. Well, they
0: appear to be thriving. Um, but I will tell you, they are very private and I want to respect that. I found an article. Um, I found article after article that said that they declined to comment, but I found one quote from Kent's widow that said it's painful You just want to let go and lead your life. I have to keep reminding myself that whatever happens, God is in control and justice will ultimately be served by him.
1: You know, it's like, can we run those fingerprints again? Because I almost feel like this point that person has to be in the system. Right. Or the DNA. You know, there's so much more we can do with DNA even now from back when that happened.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. I mean
1: we could probably find the guy's cousin at least.
0: Right? Well, I don't know I mean obviously, you know, I don't know exactly what she thinks, but I can imagine that losing your husband and being left to raise children alone is more, you know, I mean that's more than anyone should have to bear. It's already so much. And so removing herself from all the attention because of the conviction circumstances is totally understandable. You know, she shouldn't have to re-engage in it because she doesn't owe anyone her opinion. You know, I think it's probably just too painful for her to even consider that maybe there is no justice or, you know, like it's not her burden to bear. Right. So, um, you know, rest in peace, Kent. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kent.
1: Okay. Well, that is, uh, Bummer, story with a happy ending, except for now we need to find justice for Kent.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah. And now we have, you know, I have a new friend in my head, Ryan. Yeah. yeah.
1: Quasi-boyfriend.: Well, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anywho, you guys, I hope you had a lovely weekend. Um, happy Monday to you. We are just going into the weekend because we record a little bit early. I want to give a shout out to my friend, Mary. She's my friend, Lindsay's mom. And she just introduced us to her friend and I ran into them at my kid's school. And she said, um, she was like, I was talking all about you to my friend. So if all of you guys can be like Mary and tell your friends about us, we'd appreciate it because, you know, we want to be friends with you and your friends.
0: Is this Mary that gave us the tennis story? Yes. Yeah. What's up, Mary? Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Mary from Mississippi. I will spare you the in my cricket letter. Thank, Thank the Lord. <laughs> Anyways, guys, have a fabulous week and clinkity. clank, clank, clank.